What's going on everybody? Welcome to the place where you can find the latest NFT trends and the best NFT content for entrepreneurs. This is about the JPEG with your favorite new friend, Kango Land. We are chatting with Tim Porter, the CTO of Mottad Lab, a tool that can scan real-world items and turn them into 3D digital assets. We talked about how he is currently leveraging NFTs in the AR VR space as well as his view on public chain and private chain. Tune in and find out. Hey, Tim, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. How's everything going today? Everything's going good, man. Are you tuning in from Austin? I am. I'm here in Austin, Texas. I'm in my, uh, as everybody has, an at-home, uh, uh, you know, business setup. I don't know. I mean, we, yeah. we had an office before the whole COVID thing made everything gross. Right. And so uh, you're not in capital factory. No, no, no. We are a capital factory, um, portfolio company. And sometimes we go to capital factory. Sometimes you'll see us at our other investors. So we, um, we're invested, invested by Sputnik ATX. And so we go to their place. Uh, the views I can tell you from Sputnik is, are absolutely phenomenal. So they're at the 22nd floor over at 301 Congress. So you overlook the river. Oh yeah, it wraps all the way around. So it does the river. The other side's not nearly as nice, but if you're like, don't look down too far, because if you know that area of town, it's like, okay. Um, but if you look out, it's absolutely beautiful because it goes, It the building is giant and we have the entire top floor and we can basically hang out wherever we want. That's kind of the benefits of having really cool investors. So, <laughs> my goodness, that's cooler than Capital Factory. Not gonna oh, lie. So, Tim, um, I would love to hear an intro introduction from you on what you're working on, man. I know, I I personally know Montag Lab, and it's been something that I think is super cool for not just me, but also a lot of entrepreneurs who are looking into Web three metaverse to learn about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so Montech Labs takes photos and videos and converts them to 3D assets. Uh, most of our clients are in the movie video game space, but we've seen a massive surge in Web3, Web2.5, depending on which way you do the, the connotations, depending on the corporation that we talk to, uh, you know, Web3 has, you know, you know, metaverse plays involving money with crypto, while some companies are like not ready for that. And so it just kind of depends on your commentary if you're like, is it metaverse, is it Web3? But basically the whole idea is being able to see things in 3D. If we're talking about, you know, metaverse Web3 side of things, uh, there's a lower return rate, you're talking about like 35% lower returns. You also have like a 50% higher purchase. Uh, everybody who is... Uh, millennial and younger have like a 80% recommendation to see all of their stuff in air. So everybody who is like anything younger than like 45 years old wants to be able to see their assets uh, in, in on them, uh, around them, things like that. Uh, being able to see something in 3D is, you know, kind of so gives you true. that ability to purchase beforehand, right? Like That's so true because yeah. the other day I was actually talking to uh, one of my professor, he's uh, one of my law professor here at University of San Francisco. Great professor, uh, very wealthy man. He knows a lot about business. But, you know, when I mentioned this idea of, uh, I want to be able to like know that I own this particular house. That's why I like yeah. tokenizing real estate, right? That's why yeah, yeah. I, I want to be able to see it. 
but he just doesn't get it. He was like, why don't you just put in the, in, in the investment fund? I was like, wow, that feels different. There's less transparency there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, oh, this is interesting. So you guys did the research. You figure out it was 45 years old. Oh, yeah. Everybody 45 and younger. And that's the big thing. So, I mean, for your exact commentary, though, like we get and we're, we're, uh, we're actually starting projects with companies that sell weaponry. So you're talking about like antique guns and like swords and legend like it, it definitely goes into that nft collectible space but it's kind of bragging rights like let's be honest you could sit there and you can show your buddy you're like dude check this out you pull out your phone and they can spin around it you're like look at the sights on that that's a three thousand dollar side on top dude like and that's a that's a big thing and some of these weapons you know if you're talking about some of the automatic weapons that we're talking about they start at 10k and they go up mid six figures in a heartbeat in a heartbeat and so if you're going to spend like you said on something that is collectible for you you're talking about in your investment property where it's a house being able to go ahead and go i have this one this is what it looks like hey everybody check this out look do you want to do a tour like being able to share that and have that digital slip between real world and the digital world is something that we're extremely comfortable with. Like my kids who are five and seven immediately pick up everything, 3D scanner, uh, visual, things like that. I remember the first time that I understood how limited our world was, was when my youngest daughter got so upset at my laptop because she's used to an iPad. She was smashing on the screen. She's like, because I don't have a touch screen on my, 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 you know, on my screen. Like that's just not a thing. Uh, that is really good on laptops. So it sucks. And she was just like, I don't get it. I don't, why would you use this when you can just touch the screen? And it's, it's, you know, this whole digital native kind of commentaries is being able to do that. But yeah, you're hundred percent like 45 and below everybody's just like, oh yeah, of course. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. If people don't even think about it. Right. So I know that Maltep left you know, invest very heavily on, you know, deep, really deep technologies on, you know, how to turn things, turn real world objects into digital assets, right? Mm -hmm. Um, AR, VR use case. So that really ties into, I know you guys work a lot with uh, the Web3 side of things as well. Um, You know, there's blockchain involved. Um, if Mm -hmm. If I got it right, there's NFT involved too, right? We do have NFTs involved in ours. Uh, we do NFTs in a couple of different ways um, on our mobile app. We have a consumer style one that's there where you can mint any of the assets that you've scanned on the mobile app. Um, we don't have that integration finalized in the web version because we have two different uh, capturing playback processing uh, application kind of thing because everything's done on our servers. Um, you can do it on Android and iOS uh, and then you have our web version, uh, but on Android and iOS, that's fully integrated at this point. So you you go ahead and you get your download, you get a push notification, it's like, hey, ding, you know, toast is done. Uh, and then you go ahead and you take a look at it and you're like, yeah, I like this. I wanna go ahead and mint it. All you have to do is put in your ETH address and as long as it can accept uh, Palm, because that's what we're doing is Palm IO, uh, then that works. But our big play on an enterprise side, and so this goes to utilities guys, because this is important. NFTs, if anybody hasn't watched, uh, you know, the first tweet went from, you know, what, 2.3 million uh, people are now giving offers at 300 bucks. Um, So, like, we need a utility to continue NFTs past the collectible idea. Uh, Where we're working with studios is uh, we go to major studios. 
and they have a backlog of props that they want to utilize. So think of like, you know, Brendan Fraser's hat from The Mummy. Like big thing, be like, cool, I can have the skull from Crystal Skulls. Yeah, that's awesome. And then what do you do with it? I mean, typically when you want to go ahead and put it into a video game, there is this massive licensing kind of issue that happens. It costs somewhere in the neighborhood of like $600,000 just for like the lawyer conversations back and forth. So if I'm $600,000, so 600K to go ahead and get all the licensing deals all wrapped up just contract wise, people time, stuff like that. So that's, that is like a pretty average figure if you're a major corporation, if you want to go ahead and, Jim, you, and get you that. You guys have worked in the uh, entertainment industry before, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. My background is in video games and movies. Yeah. That was what I did for a long time. But if you want to go ahead and do, and I'll, I'll cover that obviously after I get done with this very long soliloquy of, of the interesting utilitary site. Um, the, if you want to go ahead and license as a studio, what we do is we're setting up uh these these marketplaces so you would go to say warner brothers website and you're like cool i want this and i want it for my game and then it's like cool we act as an intermediary as mod uh and then we take those assets and then people can download from us and then every single download gives whatever percent of royalties or something like that and so we're working with that and um, like metaverse companies to be able to go ahead and do licensing. But yeah, my background is in video games and movies and video games. I was a technical artist in movies. I was a pipeline technical director. Last movie I worked on was Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. Um, my big thing in video games, um, although my skills, my hard skills surround uh, coding, automation, tools, creation, Things like that, which totally makes sense why we have a massively automated platform to take photos and videos. So 3D, oh, that makes sense. Like that's that's what we do. That's my blood. Um, is my software skills uh, are around things like negotiation and product management and things like that. So I would be like the person who would speak for the product itself. So I would sit down, like say, you know, our design team would go, hey, let's have a meeting. And you're like, okay, we want for the shot, we want a hundred headed Hydra. And I'd be like, I'd look over the art team and they're drawing kittens and you know everything but hydras and they you know dev teams already thrown a, a table at me because they know I'm gonna have to figure out a way to make this happen. Uh, and then you know we'd go away and I'd come back, I'd sit down with the design team and you know get all the specifications that they needed. And I'd go back to the art team and I'd start making these tools, be like, cool, I'm gonna go ahead and make an auto head maker, and you put in like the 10 pieces and then I'll do that. And then I would go over to the uh, to the dev team and I'd be like, okay, cool. What I'm going to do is make sure that all those heads and everything's all in the right space. And that's going to be great because then all you have to do is do the code and like put it in. It's going to automatically work. And then I'd start doing some like low profile tests and things like that and look at the game itself as far as optimization goes. And then I'd be like, oh, shoot, we can only do 85 heads. So I'd go back and we'd negotiate and be like, hey, uh, design, is 85 okay? Can we do that? If not, we'd come up with something else. Um, and so that's like my whole world is, is making sure and I'll bring down the camera because obviously in the back everybody doesn't want to see my nose here. Um, every, you know, that's, that's kind of obviously important. And that's the way we run as a company just in general is we want to be able to make it to where everyone eventually can do it. Obviously, we're working on it like a studio level at this point in time. But I think it's, you know, in what we consider it's like this Prometheus effect. We have to take this stuff that previously it was like only super big studios could do it okay let's not make it a repeatable pattern okay let's go ahead and take that and let's start moving it towards consumer and that's going to take some time i see that being in like two years you guys would be able to make the mandalorian in the backyard but i don't see why not i mean ml is moving faster like 
two years ago, the stuff that ML was capable of versus now is just like worlds yeah. away so much. So it's a world of yeah. difference. I mean, I right now I use, well, I guess ML um, to, to write my essays, right? Like ML training, yeah. uh, AI to write my essay now. It's, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's came a long way, man. Like, oh yeah. I hope my professor doesn't listen to this, but uh, if he listens to this, I don't write my essay. I have to admit that. Uh, I yeah. I use AI to write my essay now, of course. So, um, so Tim, I'm very interesting, very interested to ask, what do you what do you think that 3D skinned assets and NFTs is going to play in the Web three and yeah. or the or the metaverse? Because you know, I think there's this is a wild, wild west, right? There's a lot of opportunities that um, a lot of entrepreneurs should be aware of yep. and take advantage of. So what do you think 3D scanned, abject, uh, 3D scanned asset NFTs is going yep. to aid Web3 and help you? Sure. sure. I think one thing that we need to discuss before we talk about what that aid is, is the concept of NFT in and of itself and the way that people tend to think of NFTs. And I think it's important for us to demystify 100%. that an NFT isn't just like that. It's about, it's about the JPEG. Exactly. I just want to make sure that everybody who is listening to us talk, and I know you and I have this as a as a common com, uh, conversation and, and thought process that we've done uh, previously. Uh, I just want everyone who is listening to us right now to realize that an NFT is basically like a locked piece to a larger play. It, it basically makes you have the ability to go ahead and with smart wallets or smart systems, be able to pull back to that. And it helps with things like ownership. It helps with tracking. It helps with so many other things. But to think that a board eight is the end of capabilities as it comes to NFTs, um, that means that you just need to spend a little more time educating yourself on what's happening actually in the real world. So in the place that you're talking about, obviously, it goes in towards that larger ownership and that larger thing. What we're working on right now is uh, because we have 30,000 users on our mobile app, um, we have corporations that are talking to us that need assets. Cool. Why don't we put those two together? We have you know, something like maybe Roblox that comes to us and is like, hey, we need, you know, and we'll go back to Brinkman Fraser's hat. We want, we want a hat that looks like, you know, maybe it's a Teddy Rupkins or something cool, like from the 80s. First person that has that in, perfect. We'll give you 50 bucks and 5% royalties for the end of the time. And I send out a push notification, it goes to 30K people. And then suddenly it's like Uber for 3D scanning. So being able to do that, the only way that you can keep that tracking is through an NFT. It's, I mean, I could sure, I could do that on my systems and things like that. But then you also want those secondary numbers. And this is what major corporations are super excited about. As long as this asset is attached to an NFT and that object itself is detached in a way that it actually secures the individual from being able to download and leak this intellectual property, but it can still be shown on a bunch of third-party systems that allow for this in a secure manner, then cool. I get to visualize it as an end user. I can look at it on my phone. I still own this object. I can't download it so I can resell it to other people because I don't own the ip around it i own the usage of it that's like taking a photo of a famous person i own the photo but i don't own the rights to the famous person or their likeness and blah blah blah, blah. that same exact concept is going to have to play here it obviously is going to take a lot more security but being able to do this from beginning to end where 
everybody can make a buck. Um, we can crowdsource like everything out there. I mean, so to give you an idea, and this is just for virtual production. If anybody knows what virtual production is, it's like Mandalorian, you know, using LED walls and like way less green screen and like everything is digital and like very little few things are actually physical that are in there. You know, you have to think about, you know, like some other new famous movie, you know, they pick up something and there's like a digital version and then the physical, version, like there's all of the scanning that goes involved in it uh, and things like that. Going the difference between a typical vfx movie so you know tons and tons and tons of cg asset to a virtual production movie is almost three times the amount of assets that you need now think about that for video games okay if you want to recreate the world i'm looking around me and I, i'm sure i have a semi-cluttered room because i like having all my stuff immediately available like who doesn't need to have a tesla card while you're talking why not um but like you just I got that go handy, and... huh? <laughs> <laughs> I was doing, I'm doing a refresh. These are old uh, K40Ms. So they have like 11 gigs of RAM and they're, uh, they're, they're great for what we have. Uh, we have four uh, GPU systems and things like that, but we're, we're working with NVIDIA and get some, some new big boy toys. Um, but yeah, that's, that's why that one's hanging out there. Um, but nevertheless, like going between that and thinking about having to scan the world, I can literally count in front of me probably 600 unique objects it's just in a room think about the outside think about you know scanning the world and things like that um there's no way humanly possible that we could generate enough to generate realism without more people than our industry focused right. involved. there's just too much work for humans to be able to do this I think it needs to be automized and we need to take advantage of this computing power uh, to, oh, yeah. to, to make it uh, available. So actually, you know, as we were talking about, I was just thinking about what if, what if uh, one of the people, one of the company that I'm talking to that we're serving um, is, um, is building this educational metaverse, right? And what they have is, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. So what they have is they, they have, they have like human cadaver labs, right? They mm -hmm. have, uh, uh, you know, a lot of chemical stuff. It's 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 interesting how they they're still using this animated form yep. of uh, of uh, human cadaver lab, right? I was, mm -hmm. it'll be so interesting if we can scan the real thing yeah. and make it more realistic because, you know, how you, when you operate on a human body. Mm -hmm. It's very different from the animated human body. Oh, yeah. You know, because the other day I was looking at, I had this company, it grossed me out. The, the, the demo that they had was literally doing surgery on a person, exchanging the joint. I was, it grossed yeah. me out. But when I went in there, I was like, wait, this has, this looks so different from what the animated uh, human body looks like, right? Because like, yep. I think for a medical student to, to go into a human cadaver lab, it'll be so cool if we can give them that realism in, mm -hmm. in their human cadaver lab, right? And that's just talking about a, a company that I, I know, uh, close, close friends with, I feel like they will really benefit from some sort of technology like mm -hmm. this. I agree. Uh, there are some movements that have been around that, um, actually something that was really interesting uh, coming out about four years ago, there's a company here in Austin, their entire, company is surrounding 
scanning brains for surgery. There's this crazy thing that happens. It's called getting brain brains in terms of like, like, uh, so if you get a wave, a brain, yeah, somebody's getting brain surgery. So there is, they do MRIs and CAT scans and they need to line up things after the fact, because when you pull off someone's skull, the brain actually swells and then shrinks. And there's this thing that's called brain shift. And so the way that they would have had to have done it before is they would take somebody to either a CAT scan or a portable MRI machine and things like that. And so their system actually goes ahead and scans the brain continuously as they're doing it. And so you have to think if I need to go ahead and go to part of the brain and I need to like go at this exact angle and if I'm off by a millimeter that way or that way, then, you know, somebody, you know, now talks only from one side of their mouth. That's like a thing. Um, but if you can go ahead and, and do that throughout surgery, uh, that's what they're doing. That's their whole thing. And we've also been on a number of contracts um, and they haven't gone through for a couple of reasons. It's always been money, not on our side, on their side. They haven't been able to secure the funds um, for exactly what you're talking about. Surgery. We have been brought in to consult on a number of volumetric video Man. scanning surgery capture rigs and, and setting up all the, the parts and pieces around it. Like I said, they, they've never really made uh, because because of money. Well, it was, and let's be honest, COVID really kind of shut down a lot of concepts and anybody who got any level of funding and you're talking about, this is really going to be like an institutional thing, like a college or, uh, you know, for medical center training, like all their money went towards COVID stuff, not like, here, let's take a look at these surgery things. Uh, but we've also been involved in uh, scanning people's lungs for post-COVID check. So being able to see how much breathing that people have based off of that. And that was like a, a whole kind of thing. Once again, that was another one of those things where uh, once the funding was allocated towards them, it kind of went, because COVID was like that. Like everybody was like, what do I do with the money? that's come in like, you know, earmarks were never really solid during COVID. But yeah, that's, that's your 100% correct. That is something that's obviously important for any given industry is to be able to see the real world as it exists right. in the digital space. That's yeah. right. And, and, and I think, oh, dude, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta get, I gotta tell my friends about it. I gotta tell them. Yeah, about sure. He actually got fun if I'm at a, a super cool company. Okay. So next thing, man, Quickly wanted to so where I see this where I see the web three and you know how how these technologies yeah. going is that there's a lot of infrastructures that's being built. I see Matap mm -hmm. as one of these infrastructure that's going to be crucial uh, at the user experience of uh, mm -hmm. of the next generation of the internet. So who thank you what type of project who would be you know utilizing a leverage of of three D three D asset NFT. Um, so, you know, we see people doing 3D assets for NFT, even at this point in time with our combination going between, you know, major studios and game studios. We're also seeing where inner company studios think about like an Epic or something like that, where they actually own a number of properties, or at least they're on a number of properties. Um, those type of companies, obviously, I would think would be interested in, in that side of worlds. Uh, we've definitely been in discussions with ones that are kind of like that as far as conversation uh, goes. And then also uh, you have to think of, of major corporations that are also interested in worlds like tagging. This is actually something that kind of came out of left field and I'm actually extremely interested in is in the world of, um, 
don't know if you've seen the ikea app there's an ar ikea app you can kind of see like your furniture oh, dude, that'd and be like so that. cool and so the thing that we have seen come up and this just like came out of left field and i was very surprised uh is a major corporation that does uh home electronics um came to us um and they go well what we want to be able to do is you know think somebody gets like a tv or a stove or something like that what we want to do is we want to start doing either direct shipping or shipping to their nearest like best buy or something like that but it's that tv and so when you go and do an order nowadays especially because backfill is so hard and being able to get all the content that you need is so hard um what their interest is is you be able to see the asset it's been scanned they can look at it in the air they're like yeah that's cool i like that then they put their credit card in and then they get an nft of the asset and then when they go to do it for purchase then they just show their cell phone and go this is the one that i want and they can track this basically from birth to grave because that that first initial contract that i have with them then the subs on that end up having an NFT rebuild on each one of them. So you can use that as a tracking system. And then at the very end, the end user goes, yes, perfect. And then they can look at the life cycle of the asset as it came from factory to home. Oh my goodness. That's, I love it. I love how you, how you tied it to the physical items as well. You know, the physical use cases and the physical entrepreneurs. I don't, I don't live in the metaverse yet. <laughs> out, man. But right now we got to make the shit happen that's around us, let's be honest. I agree. I agree. Okay. Last thing before we go, sure. um, this is a quite a controversial topic, I guess, sure. but we talked about this. So yeah, we did, we did. It up, uh, private chain versus public chain, right? Um, sure. this one, well, yeah. Uh, I think I gotta be fair here. I am a pro public chain position, sure. uh, but I'm open-minded, right? I want to, yeah, I want to just kind of hear. First of all, you know, as an entrepreneur, I understand like, hey, yeah. whatever the client needs, right? So, you got it. what's your personal opinion on public chain versus versus private chain, and what are the sure. difficulties of having everyone to be on the public chain? Sure, the um, the opportunistic individual in me, the uh, the entrepreneur, obviously sees private chain as a more attractive solution having a private chain means more control. The more control you have as a corporation or as an individual, the more you can manage how data, money, and, and assets flow. The, the uh, wanting the free internet to kind of show back up again uh, does like public chain. I just don't think we need to say one or the other. I think it can be both. We can live in a public chain world and there's no reason why public chain assets can't pay for private chain objects. And that's exactly what my company is doing with Palm. Palm is a private chain, it's not a public chain. And yet you can go ahead and turn around and with what is it, ECR 721 or whatever the new one that comes out, I always forget what the numbers are. Yeah, I know somebody in the back. Bro. <laughs> what was that? 11.55 now. Yeah, eleven fifty. I don't know, man. Like every time I turn around, there's like a new number. I'm like, hey, do you guys know you could just like change the name? You don't have to be like. I don't know if you know, like, um, you know, USB three point one has a specific IEEE number that's attached to it. You don't need 
a specific, you know, IEEE number attached to each yeah, one of these. Yeah. It doesn't make any stupid, like, it's stupid. Why can't you just call it the Jimmy chain? Like, I don't know. Call it something. Yeah, call, call it something, about. right? Something other than yeah, right? numbers. Right. Exactly. And so you can go from the private chain and you can keep this private so long as other companies are interested in this private. So say, you know, you're like Roblox and you want to do something with Epic and you guys both accept Palm. Perfect. That's cool. Or you could end up playing the game where you jump it over to ETH since it has an ECR that's attached to it. You can pop it to ETH and then you can jump it to another private chain based off of that. The big thing that obviously we all still want to have if somebody can pop it from private to public is that that intellectual property that was on the private chain still can be maintained and by the company. Once again, you're not buying license to utilize the scan inside of it those are very different deals and very different contracts and people especially with intellectual property rights have a very difficult time understanding the difference to it i don't know how many times i spend time on linkedin where i watch people post and they're like oh it's open source code and i'm like yes open source code is a big conversation right, but there's so many different type of open source oh yeah no i see people that do uh non-commercial copy left share alike and i'm like you do realize what you just built on top of that i can have right now i can take that from you you have to give that to me according to that license code and you don't own any of it and they're just like wait what and i'm like ah, you need a lawyer on your team but it's that same thing when it comes to intellectual property rights. People aren't educated on that. And so it's hard. And I don't want to be a dick about it, but you have to put in contingencies to protect your intellectual property rights. And I think that's important for everyone. So in this case, you know how NFTs actually have different intellectual properties as well, right? Different right. licenses, different type, kind of like how traditional, uh, traditional products are. So yeah. what would you say will be a good type of oh sorry sorry my alarm it's a minimum wake up alarm anyway i thought it was a cat i was like did you step on a cat like, no, no, no. it's my alarm it's a medium it's like oh, wake that's up that's my wake up that alarm uh, but you know there's so many different type of uh, products out there yeah and i know you work a lot with the uh, uh intellectual properties right you know a lot yeah. about it because you're in the entertainment industry uh, by the yeah. way i know we're gonna wrap it up pretty soon i know you gotta go pretty yeah. soon so i'm gonna make it quick uh yeah. you, you work with a lot of inter, inter, intellectual stuff so i think that there might be like a certain type of intellectual agreement that would be better on private chain versus correct just straight up on public chain right so that's yeah. my understanding like okay maybe maybe i'm maybe i should think it through better but I think of things as like, hey, you know what? If I make something, I don't want to own it. I just want to buy it or just give it away or something. Sure. Uh, but I, th I guess it's not how the world functions, right? So No, it's not how intellectual property rights function either. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So for, for you know, individuals, I guess that's fine. But for companies, they do want to keep that rights to yeah. their intellectual property. So is that the type of intellectual property that will fit better with a private chain, jump to public chain, jump back to private chain? Yeah, I think anything that has intellectual property rights that far surpass the ownership of that. I know when you get a board ape, you actually own that, you own the image, you own the art. That's cool, that's great for public chain. 
um, you know, you might still want that private chain because then you're worried about somebody taking it from you. The big problem that we have in the concept of public versus private chain really does come down to security around the way that we do NFTs. If anybody hasn't That's spent right. a lot of time, NFTs just in general, I'm working with companies with, uh, you know, IPFS setups and things like that. If anybody hasn't, uh, hasn't dealt in that world, I mean, you, you can, you can with three hops, I could get anybody's information on a regular basis. We, way we've done it has actually been smarter. The NFT points back to a URL and that URL is left open. You end up having to put in your username and password to be able to download the asset. And so if you want to be able to see the asset, that's cool. And if you go ahead and you put in that information into a wallet, it will download it and be able to see it. You can do cool things like that. But even then that's really clunky and it's really disgusting. Um, if you can, or somebody comes up with a solution to be able to protect intellectual property rights inherently within the chain itself yeah. i'll agree entirely on public chain i have absolutely well, no problem with that now now it's now that's a good problem to left for the communities guys yeah. whoever's out there you know whoever's listening who are interested in solving this problem oh this will be a great problem to solve man that's right yeah. if we can put that mechanism into into this token inherently into its yeah. code it would work, huh? Oh, dude, that's so genius. Hey, that's a great note to end on, Tim. Thank you so much for sharing all the knowledge and thank you so much for your time and being on the show, man. I really appreciate you. Awesome, man. Hey, yeah, thanks. If anybody out there comes up with a really good answer to that, uh, please hit me up. My email address is tim at montechlabs.com. You'll find me everywhere on social media under Tim Cool Mode. My company name is Montech Labs. So you can, once again, you know, if anybody knows how those URL things work, if you just go to montechlabs.com, you'll have to do the Tim at, you can go to our website. Uh, and then we also have 30 day free trial for both our web version and our mobile version is entirely free. Go on to any store, have fun, scan whatever you want, make free NFTs. For right now, for the next couple of months, we will give you guys a free NFT that'll go right in your wallet and enjoy and have fun everyone.